Hi, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Beauty Pop Podcast. I'm Victoria. And I'm Jen. And today we've got some beauty news that we're going to discuss. We're going to start off talking about a, uh, a list that you found, Jen, that's really interesting. The top 50 cosmetics, cosmetics brands from last year. So it's the 2022 mm-hmm. ranking. And there's also some nail news, some manicure news that we're going to talk about. Ladies, if you're into the gel manicures, which I am, I know you are, Your Jen. nails are looking so good. I need to be into the gel manicures. I've taken a break for like two months and I'm just You may I'm want to disgusted. take more of a break when we talk no. about this new study. <laughs> I'm disgusted with myself. I yeah. have to have some manicures. And then, yeah. So uh, the, yeah. Oh, so, oh, and you've got streaming suggestions I have for two us things. too. I have two things to recommend on streaming that I'm excited to tell you about because I always all right, love good. sharing all my stuff with you. But also... I know you don't have a ton of time, so I'm not really sure if you get to really stream these, the things that I If these I make recommend. it to the top of the list. I might have a suggestion for you. Not the one that I've okay. tried yet, but an, uh, somebody recommended something to me that sounds really interesting. But let's cool. start with this list because who's making money and who's not in the beauty world? Now, it's probably no surprise. This list is the top. Like, I would say these are also like parent companies, right? Like these are not big companies, right? These are, these big are like companies. the big umbrella brands. Yeah. But I think it was really not a surprise. I might have guessed maybe Maybelline or something else, but L'Oreal is at the top of the list. Number one brand was number one in 2021. They made over $11 billion in the last year. And the more I sat with it, L'Oreal has an overreach. They have, um, they have so other, many brands. So many brands underneath their name. But they also, if you're looking for a good drugstore product, L'Oreal, like their eyeliner, their black self-sharpening eyeliner is a go-to for me. They have a huge range of lipsticks. They've got great face makeup and and powder and, and such. So really, it actually does make a lot of sense. They're gigantic, but their products also, they stand up most of the time for what uh, they are. L'Oreal, if, if I ever am... I'm in any sort of a pinch where I can't make it to a Sephora or if there's a product that I always use and I can't, I don't have time to order it, you know, online. I always go, when I go into CVS or Walgreens or whatever, I go right to the L'Oreal section Mm -hmm. every time. I'm not a huge Maybelline fan. I would say L'Oreal is my number one. Um, And then I've actually had good luck with Elf. Oh, Elf is great. Elf Elf is is actually a really good. good band and it's cheap. It is. It's cheap. They're good products and they're very clean. Mm-hmm. For for being at that price point, it's there. It's a really clean brand. But L'Oreal is always where I start. The very first mascara I ever bought was L'Oreal. I stayed loyal to L'Oreal for years and years before I upgraded to Lancome, which I actually mm-hmm. think L'Oreal owns Lancome. So Lancome's also on this list. But yes, that's why um, I, I was actually just going to add in everybody that I ever talked to me from the time I was a teenager about makeup that knew stuff about makeup. They always said that L'Oreal is the closest brand to Lancome. In fact, many of their mascara formulas are a lot are very s- similar. They're like mm-hmm. it's really kind of like the same you know, it's brushes. The drug, it, the yeah, it's the dr- Right. Similar. It's a drugstore version uh, of Lancome right. products, which makes right. it high end and a pretty good experience. So they're at the top of the list. This one surprised me, though. Number two, and they've had a growth year because they were number five before on the list. Estee Lauder making $7 billion, $7.9 billion last year. This is a United States company. So I guess that's good. Yay us. And they're they're killing it. I would imagine mostly in their fragrance and their skincare division. I don't see a lot of people that go in to Estee Lauder other than maybe for foundation, but they are constantly f- coming up with great skincare, always pretty good. And then their fragrances are huge. 
I mean, who doesn't have like flashbacks to their grandmother, or their mom and beautiful, yep. maybe pleasures oh, beautiful. when you were growing yep. up. Yeah. I mean, yep. it's always, there's a white linen was a huge one in oh, the 80s. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, you can still buy white linen in drugstores, you know, yes, it's, you can. it's at that level now, but like, it's still there. <laughs> I've seen it. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised that Estee Lauder, as I'm surprised at that because every time I've been you know, now that I, when I moved out of Manhattan, where there are no malls, you know, it's yeah. just department stores, right? You've got Barney's, which RIP, um, Saks, Bloomingdale's, you know, that's mm-hmm. really kind of it. The big Lord and Taylor is gone now too. There's still a Macy's at Herald Square hanging on for the parade once a year. So that that's kind of like the only time you'd see a cosmetics counter where right. you would see all of those brands together. And Estee Lauder just always... Kind of like like in 2023 now, you know, in the the mall in Jersey where I live, there's an Estee Lauder counter and it's kind of sad looking. Oh, like a lot of the, you know, like I feel like a lot, a of, lot those, of retail stores are. though. A lot, yeah. And so I, I don't really know, except that I think it, they do cater to an older crowd. Mm-hmm. So there's and a, it's standard. It's always there. Yeah. So I think that they're I, I get it. They're they're anti-aging, anti-wrinkle, that kind of stuff, neck creams, you know, things Mm -hmm. like that, that like my mom is interested in. Yep. That makes sense. But I'm also surprised, although now that I'm talking about it, I'm actually not that surprised because aren't there more boomers than any other generation? And they're also the ones that have the most money to spend on cosmetics. So they're the ones that have the money to go in and sit with someone at the counter and try some of those products. And they have the time time and the Mm -hmm. money to do it. And it's been such a known brand that I think there's a lot of trust built up. You know, what's fun is that you and I talk about finding new brands, Drunk Elephant or finding, uh, you know, the K beauty stuff, like everything is new. Exactly. So we go in and find these little brands and we're not afraid to try them, but I think there's a security, especially for people who are still going into the retail store. Mm -hmm. There's security in going to brands that, you know, brands that you trust. And I think I told you, and I have not put it to the test yet, but I will for Christmas this year, somebody gave me one of those big, huge kits, you know, that they've come out with at the holidays Mm -hmm. and it has all of this skincare, the makeup, you know, it looked fine. It's there's a mascara and some eyeshadow, which I'll try, but the skincare, I was like, gosh, I haven't used Estee Lauder in a long time. So as I cycle through my latest routine, I'm actually going to try it and see, we'll see how grandma's skincare is doing. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> if it it's works so, for this girl. <laughs> yeah. And it's so interesting that it's at number two under L'Oreal. Yeah. That, that's, that's, and I just looked at this cause this is a financial report really less about, you know, status and really more about finance. Which and brands are raking it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and so this so this this organization called Brand Finance, which is has evaluated and, and created this list, they said that they've increased the value of Estee Lauder as a brand 17 times between 2007 and 2023. I know. So Isn't that great? All of these years, which makes me wonder, I bet that Estee Lauder bought something really good. They might have. Right? They might like, have. It's kind of also making me think, this isn't just my mom keeping this company in business. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, I bet they bought something really advantageous as well. So that's kind of something to look out for. But th- it is it is really interesting that, that it's number two on the list. I would yeah. never have guessed that, ever. And not that we're the financial girls, but I think it is interesting to see which brands have the most power, the most finance yeah. behind it, what's making the most money. And number three on the list is a standard. If you go to a drugstore, you've got especially men at home, although there's Lady Gillette, but Gillette is number three on the list. They made $6.9 billion in 2022. 
everybody in the planet, I think, knows Gillette, right? Sure. It is so well known. Mm-hmm. It is a standard. Men especially, I think this is a great male brand and the proof that there's still a lot of spending in that department. Yeah. And for women, um, I don't know. You know, I I don't have. I am not brand loyal when it comes to razors. I'm constantly trying new razors. I'm big into disposables because I just think they work better, even though they're not probably great for the planet. But uh, the landfill fills up a little faster in my house. But the electric razors just don't cut it for me doing my legs and all that stuff. I have a great recommendation for you, though. We should talk about this. We should do like, you know, shaving and grooming as a whole separate hair removal, hair <laughs> removal as a whole ep- a separate episode, because I've got a really mm-hmm. good rec for you because I, I was the same way I was. Isn't doesn't Gillette own Venus? Yeah. And Venus is so that's what that's mostly Venus. what I use. So yep. I was I was a Venus girl. You know, you keep the handle. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like you're not throwing out the whole razor and just the disposable blades and stuff. So it's the I have the same kind of thing right now from a different company, but the blades are amazing. Anyway. We'll save that. Well, there you go. So, Number four no, on the list is Nivea or Nivea, however yeah, you like to say it. Yeah, Lotion. Nivea. Nivea, that is an interesting one as well. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have thought, but now it is worth noting, like you said, Estee Lauder was number five the year before yeah. and it bumped up to number two. Gillette was number two. It's bumped down to number three. Nivea was number three. It's now dump, bumped down to number four. So that is really interesting. Now, Nivea, I feel like Nivea... I'm I I would I would say I'm brand neutral about Nivea. Mm-hmm. I don't have good or bad feelings about it. I don't think it's been a very long time since I've bought a Nivea product and Me when too. I did it was probably a body lotion is what I'm going to guess. I think of them only for lotion, which is funny. And right. I know they have a lot of other products and they have a lot of lip products and, and I'm sure they probably have body washes and such. Now, I only think of them for lotion. And when I think of them, I think of really boring kind of standard lotion that doesn't really have much of a smell, mm-hmm. might be a little sticky when you put it on. It's funny. I don't have a positive reaction when I hear Nivea. I actually yeah. have more of a positive reaction with Estee Lauder and surely with L'Oreal. L'Oreal is a total oh, positive definitely, reaction. definitely. Definitely. The next one on the list, which I think is interesting, and I hope I say it right, it's Guerlain, right? How yeah. do you say it? Right? Guerlain. If you're going to be French, it's Guerlain. Give it to me, fancy girl. Come on. <laughs> Give it's, it to me. Let me hear it. Guerlain. Okay. Or like Guerlain. Gare, if you're like me. Like air. Right, right. So it's it's Guerre, like G and then air. Guerre and then Lon. Well, they made a lot of money. Like Guerlain. Guerlain. They made $6 billion. And the only thing I think of, like I know they have high-end beauty products, but you know what I think of with them are the meteorites. You know what I'm talking about? That's their that's their number one product. My mom it's lives my by favorite it. product, actually. Yep. And I haven't used it. And in I know a long I love time. that you call them meteorites. They're the little that's- multicolored balls, right? Yep. And so it's a it's a face. Well, it's a it's blush. It's a corrector. It's kind and of it's a, a filter, color, actually. Yeah. So you know how you get the green to take out the red and the mm-hmm. you know, there's different different types of concealing colors. Green, I think they have purple, yellow, and mm-hmm. a little pink and white. Yeah. And they're these little shiny balls in a in like a loose powder container mm-hmm. that you rub your your brush over. You swirl and it and so you, you kind of sh- get all the colors. And it's supposed it, to be a perfecting layer. It doesn't really take the place of anything. Um, you might be able to take the place of powder. I didn't. I would always use it as like my finishing step. And it's supposed to help you look better in photos and in light, mm-hmm. different light and all of that. I really liked it. I also think that it was really pretty. And I think I was like kind of, you know, I fell victim to it because it's a really beautiful product. Um, my mom. But I liked it. When I was growing up, my mom loved Guerlain mm-hmm. and her friend, she had a friend from France who I believe had worked 
for one of the major French brands. And back when we were kids, you know, conglomerates hadn't bought up all of the brands, right? You know, like it was still an individual French Mm -hmm. brand at at the time. And so she would have all these products and they were all from Guerlain. Her friend, Katrine would, um, you know, would always use these products. Or Catherine, as I called her. Yeah. (laughs) Kathy, Kathy, (laughs) Kathy. Um, But my mom had that version, but in the pressed powder. Oh, yeah. The press was really pretty, too. So the pressed one, when I mean, as a little, I remember being as, as a little kid, like sneaking around and like opening it up and like just looking at all the colors. It was and, like, beautiful. It was gorgeous. And it had, a, you know, it had a smell to it. Do you remember? It had yeah, like I know. almost a perfumey kind of smell. Kind of a florally smell yeah. to it. Yeah. And then she would swirl the brush around. And it, and you're mm-hmm. right. It was, it was the, it was what an Instagram filter does for us now. Yeah. That's literally what it was supposed to do back then. And mm-hmm. and you would swirl all around, you know, after your foundation, you would put it everywhere. It's still it's still a bestseller. And especially, yeah. you know, with the older crowd as well. Um, and seeing the younger crowd, we list, all just cheat. We just use Instagram filters. We cheat. But you don't really know ladies, what we look like. Yeah. I know. But the I actually want to try it, it again. I, it made me seeing it on this list. I was like, I got to get back to that. All right. Number six on the list. And we'll just give you the top 10 here. But number six on the list is Clinique. That brand, again, very much like Estee Lauder in my mind, a solid brand, a brand that just kind of is is there. But I don't Up know two if it's spots. the most- which yeah, is interesting because I would have thought glamorous. Clinique, you know, is really still on the decline. But no, up two spots. Again, my mom, Fancy Nancy, has incredibly yeah. sensitive skin. She's literally allergic to like everything. Mm-hmm. And all of her products are Clinique. We were just in the mall a couple weeks ago and we went to the Clinique counter and I got her like a, it's a very mild acid toner. So it helps yeah. exfoliate because her skin is very thin and she gets broken capillaries very easily, which mm-hmm. I do too. I, it's like the one thing I inherited from her. Everything else I got from my dad, <laughs> but it's the one thing I got from her. So I was like, mom, you can't use a scrub. You're making, right. your, your, you know, you can't do that. So we went and we got a toner. She's obsessed with it. The first time she used it, she called me. She's like, I already know I'm going to love this. This is great. So Clinique is still making stuff for their customer and it's yep. working because, you know, they have a loyal base of women, mostly who can't handle fragrance, yep. like my mom, can't handle anything that's like super harsh mm-hmm. or anything that's, you know, too astringent or too drying, you know, so I'm surprised. I'm, I am surprised that Clinique is up two spots, but then again, you know, they you never are know what they're consistent. doing behind the scenes. And again, right. maybe this report from this year shows us the, I guess, the profitability of being a solid and stable brand that people just know. For yeah. me, when I think of Clinique, I think of two things. Well, three. I think of that yellow moisturizer and the yellow soap. The bar. I, yep. I think because about, I feel like every one of us started with Clinique. Of course. Right? So yeah, you start and end your life with store. Clinique. Yeah. <laughs> and then as a kid, my mom used a lot of Clinique products in her makeup bag. And I always remember that green plastic casing that they used to use. It was like a marbleized green and white. And she had this blush that was really beautiful. It's a, it was like a perfect, like corally color that was like peachy color. It's great. Mm-hmm. But for me, the product that I use from Clinique, and there's really only one that I can go to is the, um, is the almost lipstick black honey. That black honey is a cult favorite. Oh. People still use it today. If you have not tried it, I think you need to try it. Do yourself a favor in life. It looks interesting. Dark black, dark brown in the container, but it puts on the most beautiful wash of color. And it looks a little bit different on everybody. Some of it, some people look a little more red. Some people, it looks a little more berry. On me, it's like a very nice, deep berry stain. And 
I'm a huge fan. And every once in a while, I'll just get the hankering to like go and replenish my black honey supply. I don't always have it, but usually every couple of years, I'm always going out to look for it. It's still a great product. It's a classic. Love it. Love it. Okay, cool. So next up on the list is for we're at number seven. This mm-hmm. is a, a neutral. So there's no up or down movement. And yep. that is Dove. Which huge brand. This is, yeah, this makes sense to me, right? Because Dove has, they keep coming out with more and more body washes. That's really what I use them for. Yeah. Dove deodorant deodorant is huge. Body wash, lotion, shampoo. I mean, Dove has really become the product. Bar soap. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a standard. I would imagine that every one of you listening to this podcast right now, if you go home, you've got something from Dove. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And think about this though. They made $5 billion, over $5 billion, and their products are probably some of the cheapest on this list, aside from Gillette. Yeah, Dove is inexpensive all the way through, but I say it's a good quality. I mean, they're, I use their body wash and their, and their body bars more than anything else. I've even tried their deodorant. It works. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and they do have, I think that, you know, like when we talk about our, what our grandmothers used, a yeah. lot of women use a Dove bar, bar soap. <laughs> I used to laugh because my grandmother, and I talk about her a lot because she had the most beautiful skin. I mean, she was incredible with her skin and it was always Noxzema and Oil of Olay and Seabreeze Toner. Those were like her three beauty products her entire life. Do you remember Seabreeze Toner? I think I can still have PTSD if I smell smell the bottle of it. Yeah. (laughs) And she would use like CoverGirl base. She was not a fancy girl at all, but in her shower, she'd have two bars of soap. One of them was Irish Spring, and one of them was Oh, man, that rips the moisture right out of your skin. My grandfather was an Irish Spring guy, and she was the dove. My grandfather was, too. It made me laugh because they were so simple, yet each of them- Zero moisture happening there. Yeah, but that was their their big luxury in life, is that they each got their own bar of soap, their own brand, and that was like their treat for themselves. (laughs) That's very cute. All right, so Dove is on the list, and then followed by Dove, number eight of these top- earning brands of the year of 2022. Pantene is on the list. This did not surprise me either, because if you walk into Target, Ulta, mm-hmm. Rite Aid, wherever you go, yeah, they run the hair care aisle. I mean, it's just everywhere, whether it's a hair care product or shampoo. Yep. And I admit, I use Pantene sometimes. I roll through that as part of my, my routine. And for a low cost shampoo, it's pretty darn good. You know, for years, I have um, heard uh, stylists, um, personal assistants to, mm-hmm. you know, Hollywood celebrities, anybody who anonymously would, you know, would be willing to talk about, you know, like, what's in Jennifer Aniston? I remember there was one specifically yeah. about Jennifer Aniston. What's like one product that you would be really surprised is in a lot of Hollywood homes? Pantene shampoo was the number one answer. Jennifer Aniston for those gorgeous, glossy locks that everybody wants that color. Um, Everybody has Pantene. It just seems to be that's ubiquitous. It's a go. Yeah, it's a go. It's not surprising. And I don't know if you remember, but before we started spending stupid money on stupid things, like, you know, lots of $50 on shampoo and all that stuff, then now we just go, oh, that's just what we're going to get. Which it just is on your head for less than 30 seconds and runs right down the drain. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. But when I was growing up, Pantene was actually the high-end product. Do you remember that? Like, I remember when Pantene store? first became a big deal. I don't remember. Yeah. It, it was probably around for a they lot longer this, than we even knew. But they I had remember, the small bottles. 
the marketing were, of it. Remember the, yeah. when the marketing sort of exploded and it was like everywhere you had to have Pantene mm-hmm. and they must have put a hundred million dollars into the TV ads. Totally. I mean, it was like a whole thing. Yeah. And they had the small bottles that were like pink and you match the pink with the pink and the blue with the blue and each one was a certain kind. And at that point, they were probably... I'm going to say four or five dollars as opposed to like the two or three now, it would probably be equivalent to spending maybe ten dollars a bottle at the drugstore instead of five on yeah. on the shampoo on the shampoo that you would like. And I just I remember it being more high end when it first launched, and now mm-hmm. it's like everything else kind of caught up with it and surpassed it. So that's number eight. They're down a couple of notches. Number nine on the list, Lancome, as we mentioned. This one doesn't surprise me either. They do this is a brand that I feel like even though it's one of those classic brands that we feel like our moms would have used, it also tries to stay relevant mm-hmm. with mascara. It's still at Sephora and, and Ulta. Totally. So, it stays yeah. relevant, for yeah. sure. Well, the mascara, I mean, we've, we did a whole mascara episode. I still have yet to find a mascara that's better than their Big Monsieur. I mean, it's a that really is, good mascara it's brand. phenomenal. When I went to Sephora last week, I was out and I of the Big Monsieur, so I had to go Big Mister, we'll call it. Um, cause you don't like yeah. all the French, the French. Yeah. So, uh, know. so I was fancies. out of Mr. Big and, um, <laughs> I had to buy some more and they were sold out. And so it's still selling out and it's been yeah. on the market for years now and it's still selling out. So I had to take the, so, and then the, you know, the girl at Sephora was very nice and she was like, well, do you want to try something else? I'm like, girl, I'm going to save you. I've tried everything in this store. I know this is why I keep <laughs> going back. So I ended up getting, which is not as good, but it's okay. I went back to the Lancome hypnose drama. Yeah, Which I like is, that too. It's it's and it's fine. It requires mm-hmm. it doesn't have the same volume as right. as big as Mr. Big does, but mm-hmm. it it's fine. And if you can stick around for seven or eight coats, which is what I did, and yeah. it's you you eventually you'll get there. It's still a good product. It's though. a good product. It's a good product. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. So Lancome number nine. And then number 10, finally, on this list of the top earning brands, uh, Garnier, which I think is interesting. They made $4 billion. It surprises me too, because I think of them all for hair products. And I'm surprised that they are so competitive with Pantene, but they, they, they are out there. I mean, it is, it's anywhere you you buy shampoo. Yeah. Do you remember um, when we did our nostalgic episode, which was hilarious mm-hmm. with Salon Selectives? You brought Loved me it. so far back. Oh, my God. Oh, that smell. I'm smelling it right now. Right? I can still smell it. But Garnier Fructis, mm-hmm. I feel like I remember when that, you know, we're talking about marketing. Huge and when it deal. first makes an impact on you. I don't yep. remember how old I was, but I remember Garnier Fructis. The bright and it was all green about, bottle. Like, the fruit and yeah. how good it, it is for your hair and like all this other stuff. There's just marketing buzzwords. But that... Garnier Fructis shampoo and conditioner was in my shower at least yeah. all through probably junior high and maybe all through the teenage college years even. for yeah, sure. The teenage yep. years. Yeah. And it and smelled on, good. It smelled great. And then I remember when Sarah Jessica Parker became their the face of the brand for yeah. all the hair color. Remember yep. when she was dyeing her hair or what, you know, whatever. Garnier. That's, that's yeah, what they were hiring her for. <laughs> and it was supposed to be like a healthy way to color your hair and like all this yeah, other right. stuff. None of it is true. No. But, you know, that was their claim to fame. But I'm surprised that they are still in a, in that they're at number 10. I would mm-hmm. not have, I wouldn't, if you had, to, if you and I went through and I had to guess, I would guess a lot of other brands before Garnier. Me so. too. Me too. Even, even Clairol, like you brought up hair color because Garnier does hair color as well as a shampoo, but yeah. Clairol seems to be kind of like the go-to in the hair color right. aisle, right. Uh, but they don't have the component of, of having the shampoo. So maybe that's what kind of, maybe the, the double offering 
pushes them ahead. And the one thing, the big breakthrough that Garnier has had in the last, let's say, 10 years, might not be quite fully 10 years, but it's the micellar water. Yeah. That's oh been, my gosh. That's, that's right. Big, which honestly, so they're growing. Yeah. That has made, that made me break out. I never break I'm out. I'm not a fan. Ever. It gets in my eyes, but it's, people it was, like it. I hated it. There's a, I, I ended up buying a higher end, um, biologique is the name of it. It's a French mm-hmm. pharmacy brand that is way better, way, way, way better. If you like a micellar water to get rid of the makeup and you want to be a little lazy like me, Skip the Garnier because I found it just my friend ended up with an eye infection after oh using my goodness. it. And like half her face was so inflamed. She had such an allergic reaction to it. It is really harsh. And I even bought the version that is supposed to be fragrance free or whatever. Yeah. It stripped my skin. I hated hmm. it. I know a lot of people love it and it's fine. It's great. If it works for you, that's great. But not a fan. Yeah. But I think that's been their big breakthrough product in the last 10 years. I think that might be why they're on this list. I think that you're right. I had totally forgotten about that. I forgot they went into skincare. They do the wipes. They do all the wipes. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yep. The wipes. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Those are your top 10 earning brands in 2022. I thought it was kind of fun. Some That's, some yeah. surprising for me. Absolutely. Um, so let's let's transition real quick. There is a, uh, a new article that came out from our, on Refinery29, which I always love. It's one of my favorite blogs to read. And it is entitled... Should I stop getting gel manicures? Experts <laughs> unpack the radiation risks. So I'm like, oh, great. Here we go. Now, I blame my nail obsession on you. That's me. Um, but I have LC, you know, LCNs, right? Mm-hmm. The, the light concept nails is what LCN yep. is. And so, and then I do, I get them filled in every three weeks, which mm-hmm. is good because they don't grow that fast. So I can last for three weeks, especially with a lighter color. You can't really tell. Yeah, then they look and beautiful. Then, Oh my God. I, I, I've really gotten a lot of compliments. And so, and then I do a gel, a gel polish, hard gel polish, you know, mm-hmm. or the soft gel polish, you know, whatever, right. with the UV light. So I do that every three weeks. And years ago when I was working for Cosmo magazine, I interviewed a dermatologist and we were talking about, that was sort of the beginning of the craze of like, everyone needed a gel manicure. Yeah. And I said at the time, because, you know, I, grew up in at the beach and didn't Mm -hmm. use enough SPF at the time. I'm probably about a few years away from having stuff lasered off me. You know, once you hit 40, it's like uh, stuff gets lasered. So tanning beds. I'm from Jersey, right? Mm -hmm. We all went to a tanning bed. It's terrible. Oh, we did. So so these are so yeah. So these are mini tanning beds for your fingers, Mm -hmm. for your hands. So my first question to the dermatologist, and we were talking about different products and things to watch out for. I'm like, you know, I really like getting gel manicures because I always smudge. I never wait to dry long enough. I always smudge. So she was like, well, she said, I know everyone loves a gel manicure, the convenience. She goes, but you really, you're in a mini tanning bed. Mm-hmm. So your hands, any part of the light that your hands are hit, you know, that hits any part of your hands, you're, you're going to be affected. So this new study is actually the first large scale study um, of the damage that these UV nail lamps can actually do to your DNA. Oh boy. There are two cases that have, they haven't been able to confirm the link, but two women have had melanoma pop up on their hands. Now melanoma can pop up anywhere on your body. You know, it's not necessarily where you get the most sun is where melanoma shows up. In most cases, melanoma, as we learned from Dr. Del Rosso, melanoma shows up in places that never sees the sun. Right. Typically. right. Right. So 
there is they they're not really sure if there's a direct correlation between these women using the UV lamps and having melanoma on their hands. However, what we can confirm, which is just like a tanning bed, you're going to get your hands are going to age. Yeah. Right, you're, you're going like to get sun have. damage. Yep. You're going to get sun damage. You're, that that just will happen. Can I ask a question though? Why in hand lotions do they not put more SPF in hand cream? That's a great question. And I mean, I was going nuts the other day because I was looking at my hands. And I'm like, gosh, my hands are just starting to look old. And I think that's one of the places where you can really tell. And when I put my SPF on my face in the morning, I put it on the back of my hands, but I wash my hands a million times. Right. So. I was thinking to myself, self, why are there not more hand creams with SPF? And I actually had filed this funny. We're talking about it like three days ago in my brain. I'm like, I need to go on Amazon or Sephora and see if there's any hand creams that have SPF. Cause I'd like to start using that product. Did you find it anything? Makes, no, I, I haven't even looked yet. Like okay. literally I filed this in the back of my head thinking yeah. I've got it next time I go no, on it's smart. one of those sites. Because I'm like you, I wash my hands a million times a day and I put lotion you're on. washing it off. Yeah. But if you just, but if you're, if you are consistently reapplying Mm-hmm. lotion that has SPF, then yeah, that's because that's of the way anything aside from my face that sees sun, it's my hands. You drive a car, uh, every, you know, all of that stuff. Everything that goes on my face goes on my hands as well mm-hmm. on the back mm-hmm. of my hands. I, that's just a routine I've done since college. Yeah. So, but you're right there. There needs to be more body lotion that has SPF 30 or higher. So the we don't wash our face 12 times a day. It's our no. hands that we're washing all the time. Right. So the dermatologist that I was talking to about this, she said that she also likes to get gel manicures. And she said, I put on a, I put on SPF like I'm going to the beach on mm-hmm. my hands and she said and then I go and get you know then I go and get my nails done and so in this article there are multiple doctors who are contributing and, and saying what they do one doctor which to me I'm like uh, that's a hard pass one doctor says that she wears fingerless gloves to get a manicure like Michael Jackson. Here's no the, can you see that picture? Oh yeah, no, no, no. We're not doing that. No, they're no. it's like a white, they're like silky white kind of material. Yeah, and like what? No, no. that no sale. Ten ninety nine, no sale. No, Sorry, we're not doing. We're not doing. We're not that. doing that. So, but here's the other. So two things that I think you that and now that I get these because I've noticed two now. I'm like, oh, maybe I am getting a little. Sun yeah, damage. I get freckled and Sunday. Yeah, that's yeah. What you see. So, and I do my nails every three weeks. So every three weeks now, this is more than ever in my life. I, every three weeks, I'm in the lamp. Yeah. The good thing is, if you go to a good salon, and I don't, and I like, and there is a difference. I am now at a much higher end nail salon as mm-hmm. opposed to like when I was, you know, living in Manhattan, where you go in, it's like a factory, you know. Right. And it's just, I find that those places make you, and there's often a language barrier. But I have found in my own experience, they keep telling me multiple times, more, go more, back more, and more, right. more, more, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're, you've got probably a total of maybe five to 10 minutes total, For right? sure. In yeah. and out. Now, the salon that I go to right now, the new higher end salon, it is literally one round of the 30 seconds, I'm, you're and out. that's it. And that's it. So I don't really know if the lamps aren't as good in the cheaper places mm-hmm. or what the deal is, but this is something that we can control as customers. Make right. sure that you're saying, if if I need to cure for 30 seconds, I don't mm-hmm. think anything really is ever a minute, right? No. I, I, I mean, so. I've had them 
you know, I would say no more than a minute, but they constantly have you go back there. And I think as they're it's finishing boredom. Your other like hand. they're just, yeah. right. It's just like, they just keep hitting the light button. I'm like, I yep. don't need that. Like, that's just too much. But I do so think make sure it's a good idea up. to SPF too. And just, well, that's going to be my new thing. I'm getting yeah. my nails done next week. And, uh, cause I'm up for, th- you know, right before Valentine's, I'm going to get them mm-hmm. done again. I'll be at my three week level and, or my three week, you know, rate. And I always, I haven't even thought about that until I saw this article today. I'm going to go, because especially in the winter, I don't think I about SPF. I really don't. And I know I should. And every dermatologist says no matter what time of day, even if you don't leave your home office, you're still getting refracted light coming in. Of course. From yeah. the windows. If you're driving in your car, like you're still getting damage. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely going to, I'm, I'm going to try that now and just use like, you know, whatever I would use at the beach. Yep, SPF little sunscreen, yep. yeah, and we'll see what happens. the The one thing is, like, I would, I've in this article with Refinery from uh, Refinery Twenty Nine, they also mentioned that a lot of manicurists don't like if you have lotion or SPF on the nail bed mm-hmm. because that can alter how the the. And gel I imagine you're still sticks. taking you're still taking light in through your nail beds too, which is why it's important. I also feel like, and this is probably a false sense of security, but I kind of feel like I have a little extra layer of with the nail protection because I've got the LCNs. Yeah, that's true. So it's the hard gel that never comes off. They just file off the polish. Yeah, put the new polish on. You go in, so it's not. You're not destroying your nail, your nails. Yeah, right, and it's not destroying my nail beds, which is the whole reason why. I said to you, my nail beds like need some serious triage. And you were like, mm-hmm. you got to get the hard gel. Yeah. Always the hard gel. Yep. You started me down this rabbit hole, Alice. What can I do? Here I am. Here you I asked am. for the advice. <laughs> oh my, I'm so obsessed though. Like my nails are just, it's, I, I love, but yeah. now I'm definitely going to, and if you find a lotion, a I'm going to start doing some research. It, yep. I think it's, it seems like that's a no brainer. Like why doesn't, a Nivea or a Jergens or, you know, like lotion companies. They have money to, to make on this list. They might as well expand their brand. Come on. And at least, at the very least, for hand lotion. Because yeah. all women know that your hands show your age faster than anything else, right? Your, that's your why, hands yes. and your decolletage. So you always totally. have to pay attention because once that goes, that's it. And you can't, can't get, get it back. back. No. No way. So, like, those are the two that you really, really need to focus on. But, um, yeah, I'm actually happy that I saw this article today because it's reminding me selfishly that I, I need know. to be better about this because me I'm in too. a mini tanning bed every three weeks. Every three weeks for at least 10 minutes. All right. So I have to tell you about a TV show that I heard about. Yeah. I know you've got a few suggestions for me. Uh, a friend of mine was telling me, he knows my terrible, uh, terrible taste in television. He goes, have you heard of Welcome to Chippendales? <gasps> oh, my God. That's one of my that's one of my recommendations. Was that the one you're going to tell we me? We just finished okay. it last night. So he tells me that I need to see this show, that I would absolutely so love it. good. And that it's kind of like SoCal-based, so I would probably like that during the 70s, it's in right? It's Hollywood. The, yeah. It's like and, Arnold right, so and Sepulveda. Me. Does yeah. that make sense? That's yeah, the location so, of the club. So tell me... Because he told me that was his recommendation that I need to watch Welcome to Chippendales. And it's he said it's so fabulous. good. It's and for you so guys good. wondering, like a little on the prude side, I hear you don't see a lot of like craziness, right? No. no. It's not about it's more it's the not story. About the guys. It's the story. Right. It's the story of the guy, Steve mm-hmm. uh, Banajir, I think his name, something like that. He's I an Indian guy, right? Yeah, he's an Indian immigrant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
brilliantly played by um kamal i'm forgetting his last name he's like one of the avengers he's been in big movies Mm -hmm. and this is the first thing i've ever seen him in and i just said to lewis last night we finished the final episode i said this guy's got to win an emmy and a golden globe and everything for it he's amazing in it the whole cast is great but he really stands out and it's the story of he was is just this dorky guy who starts a backgammon club and, like, and he owned thinks, a gas station or something, right? He owned his, yeah, his family. Uh, yes, he worked for a guy who owned a mm-hmm. bunch of gas stations. He sort of worked his way up. Didn't want to do that. Really wanted to, you know, he wanted a Rolex and he wanted he wanted to live the life. Like he wanted he really money. Wanted all the money, the whole thing. And so, it's really interesting guy. So he starts this backgammon club, and naturally, no one went. No. And he rents this big disco. It's like a, it's like a, like a nightclub where with all these backgammon tables, and no one went. And so he meets a few other people along the way who are kind of like, you know, you should maybe do, you know, a nightclub or maybe you should, and they tried disco dancing and that didn't work. And like just all sorts of things. This is in like the, I want to say like the late seventies and it spans through the nineties. The and it's, it seems like you're like, wait, why would I care about this, this the dorky guy who started Chippendales? But mm-hmm. it is such a fascinating story, and I'm not spoiling anything. There are twists and turns in this story that, like, you don't see coming. There, there are high crimes and misdemeanors <laughs> that are involved that you would not see coming. It is, I mean, it's, it really is amazing. And all I think of is probably what you think of now when we think of Chippendales is Vinny from Jersey Shore. Totally. In totally. Vegas. It's still one of, I've never been to the show, but apparently it is still one of the most popular Pop shows mm-hmm. around in Vegas and around the world. So yep. yeah, it's called welcome to Chippendales. It's on Hulu. And I think it's, it was only like seven episodes and it's all true. It's, it, it's, I mean, it's a true could, story. It's true yeah. story. It's also true crime. So there's, there's a real, there's Ooh. interesting stuff in there. It's so, so, so good. All right, so, I'm, I'm going to watch that one because he told me about it. You're telling me about it. I'm in. And Lewis didn't care at first because like Lewis was like, whatever. Chip and I mean, Dales, right? you know, there's some hot. Look, I know I have a lot of gay friends. I heard about it from my gay friends. They're like, oh, you got to mm-hmm. watch Welcome to Chippendales. I'm like, all right, well, you know, hot shirtless guys with abs. OK, like it's yeah, not a struggle. It. And then Lewis was kind of like, oh, great. But then when he started watching and he saw what the real story is. Right. You, you, you really get like it's fascinating. So that's my, so we're both sharing that recommendation, which I love. And my other recommendation, you, you may laugh at this one. I might. It, it's the new Pamela Anderson documentary. Oh, I don't laugh at that. It's called. I think that's interesting. What's it called? It's fascinating. It's called Pamela with love or love Pamela, love Pamela, something like Mm -hmm. that. It just, it just debuted within a week. I mean, we were, we were on it from the beginning. It's on. Netflix. Mm-hmm. I had sort of like, you know, Nivea. I'm, I was brand neutral on yeah. Pamela Anderson. I really, you know, every, we all grew up with Baywatch, you know, like Playboy, whatever, like she was in, you know, I just didn't really have any feelings either way. I met her right. once when I worked at Sirius. She was super nice. She had just stolen um, Kid Rock from Cheryl Crow. Right. This is a true story. She, they, she and Cheryl ended up in opposite studio Sirius has a bunch of stu- glass studios and so I was the little talent water girl 
And so I went in to deal with Cheryl and she was super sweet and cool. Then I went in and Pamela was doing like a stunt radio channel for Sirius mm-hmm. at the time, which was not good. But you know what? Props to her. She tried. She couldn't host a show. Anyway, she was really nice. And so she asked me where the bathroom was because normally she would do her show from her home in L.A. This mm-hmm. time she was in New York. So I said, OK, I'll, I'll walk you. And she goes, so um, real quick, she goes, I heard Cheryl's here today. <laughs> and she was like, is it possible that we take a route to the bathroom where like we don't run into each other? Avoid and I was route. like, and it took me a second to like think about, I was like, oh, 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 oh right. yeah, <laughs> that's right. You just married Kid Rock and right. he was dating Cheryl Crow and he dumped Cheryl for you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. I, like, I had to like, you know, like, and then she was kind of like a little embarrassed, but like she was so sweet. So anyway, so we, I said to Lewis the other night, I'm like, you know, I'm like, let's just watch this documentary. I didn't know if he cared or not, but then I'm like, well, it's Pamela Anderson. Of course he's going to watch. So um, it's fascinating. She is, there's a lot more to her than I ever gave her credit. Mm-hmm. Um, her story is, she is literally in not a stitch of makeup. Her, like her two sons, her two She's sons. She's still pretty. Yeah. Her two sons are the executive producers. There's a separate director and it. producer. So of you it. know how I know her son, Brandon. Is he the oldest? Yeah. Brandon's the oldest. He's, the he's on he camera would... a lot. He seems he... very smart and sweet. He was so cool. If you ever watched the Hills reboot, which was just on MTV like two years ago, they brought him in as part of the, the I think he was friends with Brody Jenner or something like that. But he like seemed the coolest as much as that show was probably very scripted, even though it's supposed to be a reality show as much as he had a ton of money and he wants to be an actor and he tells you all of that. You still really believe him. You still really like him. Yeah. And he He's just very seemed likeable. cool. And they mm-hmm. showed him with his dad and he still was saying nice things about his mom. It was, I just, I had a good feeling about him from like start to finish in, and I know it sounds stupid because it's the Hills, but I just, I, I had the same he feeling. He was very likable. Mm-hmm. I had the same feeling watching him in this documentary. Um, she's it, at this time in her life, they, when they were filming the documentary, the Pam and Tommy miniseries had just debuted oh, yeah. on Hulu, which mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that. I watched all of it. I did. So it. she talks about, you know, she never watched the sex tape that mm-hmm. was, stolen from their home no one disagrees on that right that's Mm -hmm. not you know that's not up for dispute it was stolen they didn't put it out themselves it ruined her career she talks all about that it didn't really affect tommy naturally because he was the dude and everyone just Mm -hmm. talks about you know sorry honey my husband's gonna edit this but you know all all anyone really took away was he had a huge schlong and he honked the boat horn with it Right. Yeah. I mean, that's basically the takeaway that everybody, took. that's yeah. what people took away and it completely ruined her career. Mm-hmm. And so she said that she never watched that sex tape and she was really upset that they made Pam and Tommy, the miniseries. Really? The truth is, yeah. The truth is though, I, I would recommend the Pam and Tommy miniseries is excellent. Lily James as Pam is phenomenal. She became her. Yeah. She was she phenomenal. And at the end of that miniseries, I was almost in tears because you see how it affected Pam, the character, mm-hmm. how it affected her career, it, how it affected their marriage. I mean, it, it was I thought they did a very delicate job of mm-hmm. telling really the truth of like what it how it affected these people as humans. Right. And it's interesting because Pam says she's very against it. And in the documentary, she talks about like she refuses to watch it. But I'm thinking like my like as I'm watching it and I and, and we finished her documentary 
I think if she actually saw Pam and Tommy, she, she might, might like it. Yeah. She might actually think that they did her right. And they did. Hmm. Uh, it's interesting. One of the interesting parts is towards the end. She I didn't realize this. This was in 2022. She was Roxy Hart on Broadway. I heard that, actually. And some because they toured reading, through L.A. Mm-hmm. Oh, did she go to L.A. too? Because she did two months so. on Broadway. Yeah. And so they show her in rehearsals and she's never done anything like it before, but she's fearless. She actually was funny. They showed a lot of clips of her on the stage. I, you know, it's not a, it's a lot of star uh, people, a lot of like, you know, Hollywood stars. I saw do Christy that role. Brinkley do that role. I heard she was, I heard she was terrible. It was really bad. Yeah. Really I heard Christy was not good. Bad. I heard I, what, Erica Jane was actually pretty good from yeah. Housewives of Beverly Hills. I heard she was good. Mm-hmm. And then I think it shut, well, it shut down because of COVID. And I think the next big star was Pamela Anderson. Yeah. She was the next one that came through. They and I think that the reviews weren't terrible. The I, reviews, I, I think, were okay for her. I didn't hear anything bad about her, but boy, Christy Brinkley, she stunk up the place. I saw half the, like, half of the Pantages theater was full. Maybe. I mean, it was, it really got out that she wasn't very good and it's too bad because I like her, but uh, good for Pamela Anderson for trying. That's something brave, especially if you feel like you've already lost a lot to put yourself out in this live theater is tough. Oh my God. She did. It was eight shows a week for two months, no break. I mean, she committed, she did it. She looked like actually in dance rehearsals and stuff, like she looked, she looked good. And mm-hmm. they said that her comedy on the stage was actually really, you know, really funny. She landed a lot of laughs that, you know, like a lesser act. Not that I, not that anyone has ever said Pamela Anderson's a great actress, but I think that she she did. She got a lot of credit. Yeah. And from the reviews that they talk about, even in the documentary, it was like, look, she's not going to star in Carnegie, you know, singing at Carnegie Hall anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But this is a solid performance and it's really entertaining. So, right. It's it's a it's a really interesting documentary. It's not that long. It's only like, you know, it's not episodes or anything. It was like an hour and 20 minutes or whatever. And I just came away. It shows her why she was connected to Julian Assange, which I never knew. Oh, that's interesting. They weren't dating. That was I remember everyone thought like they were Yeah, there was something stripping. there. That was not the case. That was really based on her activism. She's been a big activist for PETA. You uh-huh. know, for a, a long yeah. time. And so there was a lot of activism that really spawned that connection to Julian Assange that was really interesting. And interesting. it was all through Vivian Westwood, who just passed away, the, the yeah. British fashion designer who was always an activist. That's how her fashion began. Mm-hmm. And so it, there's a lot more to it than I ever would have thought. And this and I don't want to I'm not going to give anything away, but there I was really tearing up at the end. There's there is a oh. very there's a sadness. There's a real sadness to it huh. of love lost. And, you know, everyone makes jokes like she's been married like seven times or whatever. There's literally but she's looking for love. But there's literally a current husband mm-hmm. in it. And by the end of the documentary, they're divorced. Yeah, they're done. Yeah. She just got divorced again. Yeah. And then there was the Ugh. guy that she was married to for like a week. And then mm-hmm. now he said he's going to leave her money in his will or something. There was another thing with that. But um, there's a lot about her childhood that's, you know, rough. Yeah. Really rough. Wow. So I would highly recommend that. But I do think it's interesting to see the Pam and Tommy miniseries first and then go and watch Pamela fill in some holes yeah. and blanks. You know what I mean? I think it, it mm-hmm. almost makes sense to watch it in that order. But it's great. Interesting. And welcome to Chippendales. <laughs> so good. I got to so watch good. it. I, I would love both of those. Those are both right up my alley. So yeah, good suggestions. Would. Good. Well, 
enjoy everybody yeah. so uh that's our hangout time this week as you know you're just basically listening in on jen and me catching up every week that's <laughs> <laughs> like we don't get to talk every day anymore so this is our this here is here we thing. are here we are <laughs> so uh thank you guys so much for listening um follow us on instagram at beauty pop pod you can send us an email at beauty pod at gmail.com follow jen at jennifer horn radio you can follow me on air victoria and uh, we will talk to you next week. We've got some more product reviews coming soon. Yes, I've got we, I, you and I have. We both have some really good stuff I'm that holding, I can't wait I'm to holding share. back, but we're I know. ready soon. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>